0: Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's word, fellowship, and prayer. Okay, good morning. Thank you guys for bearing with us. I I heard that we did have to do an extra song. I wasn't sure if we'd have to or not, but you know what? I'm still here, I made it, praise God, and the Bible is still here, and we get to hear from it, so anyway, um, so if you guys would like, in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, would you please turn to, to Mark chapter 10? Um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10 today, uh, talking about my boy, Blind Bart, uh, Blind Bart, and so... This was, this has so far been my favorite chapter that we've covered in Bible study. Uh, I, I know uh, I've heard the same thing from a lot of other guys, uh, different Bible studies even, just that collectively like, man, this one is very powerful, this, this, this chapter. And so um, when Brandon asked me to preach, I was just like, man, yes, I get to talk about blind Bart. And so um, before we get into it, I'm going to pray. And then, uh, then let's go. Uh, Father, I just thank you so much uh, for the blessing and the opportunity that this is to just be standing in front of these people. Uh, it's so humbling. It's, uh, in some cases, it's, it's nerve-wracking. Everything, all the emotions kind of come at one time. Uh, and, and God, I just don't want to mess it up by getting in the way of what you have to, to say, not to just these people, but also to me, Lord. I'm praying that you would continue to, to teach me and to preach to me, God, through your word and, and using this passage. Um, and so, Father, more than, than that, Lord, I pray that this would uh, clearly preach salvation through Jesus Christ. And that uh, decisions would be made today to, to put people's lives in your hands, God. Uh, Lord, we love you, and I'm praying these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so if you guys uh, would, yeah, you're in Mark 10. We're going to be in in verses 46 through 52. Um, And so if you're there, let's go ahead and read it. All right, so it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, uh, sat by the highway side begging And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, "Jesus, uh, thou son of David, have mercy on me!" And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, "Thou son of David, have mercy on me!" And Jesus, and Jesus stood still. This is gonna be a tough one to get through. Let me just be honest i already kind of in my, in my feelings. That song that I sang in main service always makes me cry. So I'm already here. And then this, seeing the tenderness of Jesus is, is tough. Okay, so it says that, uh, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they, call, and they called a the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should uh, do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I, I think I could be done there. <laughs> Honestly, I think that that passage preaches in and of itself the, the tenderness, the sweetness, the, the the immediate salvation of Jesus Christ. Everything is kind of uh, explicitly put in, in that verse. But let's get into it. Let's break it down. All right. So one of the first things that we see about Bartimaeus, we see that he cannot see. <laughs> Physically. He's blind as a bat. This dude. Yeah. And so... Um, the cool thing about the fact that Bartimaeus is blind is simply that he his struggle, his ailment is not a mystery to him. I am I've only known really one person, one blind person. He used to go to this church, James. And he was never he never forgot he was blind. Right? And ne- I'm sure neither did did Bartimaeus. He knew he was blind. He knew what was wrong with him. And that, I would argue, is why he was so willing to to run to Jesus. Because he saw his fault. He saw what was wrong with him. And what is the the main issue? The issue with sin, the main issue with with mankind is that they don't see the error in their way. That's our problem. We think that we're fine. We think that we have no issues and, and, and we're just... You know, we're hunky-dory, just going about our way, <clears throat> thinking we're, we're fine. But in reality, we're as blind as Bartimaeus. We're as sick as Bartimaeus. We're as broken as Bartimaeus. Right? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that, that, you know, anyway. And so his physical condition made it very clear what he was, had wrong with him, and he knew where to turn, right? And we see that in this first, this first passage, which he says, uh, and when he realized that it was Jesus who he had been hearing about, he'd been, he'd been hearing about the miracles. He knew that Jesus' healing was immediate. He knew that Jesus' healing was lasting, everlasting. So when he heard that it was Jesus, he was like, this is it. This is my time to, to get it. And he goes for it. I don't know if you guys have ever been in that moment where you're like, this is right. And someone's like, shut up. Like, no, but this is not right. Like, this is what I need. And that's where Bart is at, right? I might say Bart, I might say Bartimaeus every now and then. (laughs) Forgive me. But when Bartimaeus sees Jesus and he sees the, he's spiritually able to see better than any of the other people around him, even though he's blind. And when he knows that it's Jesus, he gets a hold of that thing and he doesn't let it go. Because he knows truth and he knows that Jesus Christ is, is the, the Messiah, the promised one. Now, it can be kind of ambiguous to us how, like, how these people might know this. But we forget contextually, these are Jewish people who would have absolutely known the prophecies. They had everything at their disposal to understand that the coming Messiah was going to look like this who was going to do these things. And, and so when certain people put the puzzle pieces together, they were like, oh, this is the Messiah. This is him. And Bartimaeus happened to be one of those people. He started to see all the things cl- like clicking, and he was like, this is it. This is what I need. And so um, I think that... Go ahead to the next slide. Yeah, so he, he saw the truth and the power behind Jesus. He knew that he needed it, right? And so my first key point as we get down to it, is simply that we have an issue that only Jesus can fix. Amen. There's a whole lot of issues that you might be able to, in the flesh, figure out a solution. You might be able to, like, jerry-rig something up, you know, make it work. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a mechanic by trade, and so there's a lot of, you know, fixes, that people come into the shop where they're like, oh, I, I fixed it, and then it broke again. It's like, well, you just used duct tape. <laughs> you just glued this piece back on, and you thought that I was going to fix it. The reality is, is that Jesus is the only answer to our sin problem. Yeah. Amen. And, and you can't come to that conclusion until you realize you have an issue that no matter what you do, you cannot fix it on your own. You can't. There's, you're not going to be a good enough person. You're not going to do enough good deeds. You're not going to say enough, you know, Hail Marys. You're not any of these things. You're not going to be able to do it for God, Think about that for God, a perfect and righteous Creator of the universe. God, for Him to look at you and for you to be like, look at all these things I did, and for Him to be like, wow, that's pretty impressive. I got to let you into heaven. <laughs> Sounds silly when we say it like that, but that's how we act. That's how we're acting, especially when I was lost. That's how I acted. It's like, sorry God for cussing. I didn't mean that. Please, I don't want to go to hell. Like, it was just simply that. And then I would try and do good and be a good guy, and then but I still had a problem. I was still duct taping over my, my issue. Right? Alright, so, <clears throat> moving on to this next section. This is I love this part. Okay. Um, So it says, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And, And they called a blind man. And they say unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. Now, um, I don't know about you guys, but that is, that truth, that, that experiencing Jesus Christ standing still for this guy, that was devastating to read for me. Because, again, kind of back to the, you have to see these things in relation to the scale in which God exists Right, We're talking about the creator of the universe. We're talking about the, the God who is outside of time. He created time. He, he spoke your life into existence. Everything that we see, feel, touch mm-hmm. is this God. And there is a moment in which he stands still for this guy, but not just for this guy. For, for all of us there's a, there's a moment where we have his full attention <clears throat> and uh, man that that blew my mind i don 't know about you guys, but that blew my mind and uh similar to to what we see here this is only this isn't a result this This comes after the fact of an acknowledgement of the problem that he has, that Bartimaeus has. And what did, so Bartimaeus knows that he's sick. So what good does it do you if you know that you're sick and do nothing about it? Does anyone kind of do that? I, I kind of do that sometimes. I just kind of like, like, it'll go away, it'll pass. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it's like, ah. Like one time, one time I was doing some yard work, and I was like, this branch was like hanging over my driveway. And I was like, every time I got out of the car, I had to like duck, and it was really annoying. And so I was like, you know what? This weekend I'm going to do some yard work. And I went and cut down that branch and cleared a bunch of other leaves and everything. And then like, I don't know what I mean. You're just sweating. You're out there sweating, and you're like wiping your face and all this stuff. And then that next day, I go to work, and for some reason, one of our cars was down. Amanda had to come pick me up from work, and as we were like driving home, she like looked at me and she's like, "Why is your face so red?" And I was like, "I don't know. I didn't notice." But I, at that moment, I realized all day I had been doing this, and just like kind of itching my forehead. And like, my cheeks and everything. And then I looked at myself for the first time, I think, in two days. <laughs> because that's how stupid some men are. We'll just, like, just be like, I think I'm dying, but whatever. I looked at myself, and I was like, oh, my goodness. How did nobody tell me this? Like, my face is, like, twice the size and beet red. And it turned out that tree was, like, poison, poison ivy or something. Poison, poison branch. I don't know. <laughs> And I I was, like, all up in that poison branch. And you'd think that even after that, then I'd be like, I got to go seek help because this is excruciating. And the only relief was in the shower with cold water on my face. And then as soon as it was out of the water, it was painful again. So I knew there was something wrong. I just refused to go get it fixed. (laughs) Because even after that point, I was just like, man, this sucks. This sucks. And finally, I think Amanda or somebody was like, just go to the doctor. I was like, oh, I don't want to pay for the doctor. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, anyway. I, I eventually actually went to Chris, Chris Best, Braden's dad. And I was like, hey, what should I do about this? And he's like, you need to be on steroids. And I was like, "You." Yeah. <laughs> finally (laughs) a good excuse so but you see the you see the parallel here right the reality is is uh the reality is is it doesn't really matter so if you are sick and one you don't know you're sick you got a real big issue right you got a big issue because uh, you'll, you'll just keep in that same pain. You'll keep in that same and, and completely unaware of whatever. The second issue is that if you know you're sick, but yet refuse to go to the person that would help, well, then you get to sleep in the bed that you made. You get to lay in it and you get to have an itchy face and that's it. But we, we know the physician. We know the perfect one. Right? And his name is Jesus, and he says in Matthew 9:12, says, "But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, "They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick." <clears throat> Mark 2:17 says, "But when Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick say, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners unto repentance." Says the same thing in Luke five thirty one. And Jesus answering said unto them, "They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick." I can't get more clear than that. And the, and the reality is, is if, if you spend any amount of time here, if you if this is your first day, whoever you invite, invited you, you know maybe it's a coworker, my coworker here, Chloe, maybe it's a coworker. I know we've had this conversation. Everybody's sick. Just to let you know. All right. And we have a sickness, and that sickness is sin, right? So if you are like, man, that sucks for those sick people, you're in the group. You're a part of the the sick. That's just what it is. And so, um, moving on. Uh, Man, I just, that is is really cool. Anyway, um, I think I got my notes mixed up. Um sorry, hold on Have you guys all gone through this passage in Bible study yet? I think we got to after this passage recently, soon after we did this, we got to go out and and do street evangelism yeah. in the neighborhood that we meet, <clears throat> and you quickly realize that. There's sick people everywhere, and people absolutely need the gospel, and, but there's also so many people who don't know they're sick. And if you're sitting here today, and this is your first time here, and no one's ever had the opportunity to share the gospel with you, I just want to let you in. This is no secret. This whole passage, this whole, this whole section of scripture is pointing toward the fact that you are sick, Right? And you have an issue, and that issue is sin. And we need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, so be of good comfort. He ri- rise, he calleth thee. Uh, and he, casting he cast away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should, have, uh, that I should do unto thee? So one of the things here that was brought up in Bible study that was something really interesting was that did you guys catch this—that what did he do when he got called? He cast away his garments first. Now, in our society, that might be weird. If it might be—I mean, if you were someone like, "Hey, come to church with me," and they're like, "Yes,"
1: <laughs>
0: you're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 hold on, wait, wait, wait." But that, this was just a sign of, of respect. This guy was a dirty guy. He was a homeless guy who was sitting on the road. He, wanted, he was going to meet Jesus, right? So he's, he's casting off his garments. And that is a, a beautiful picture of, of us in, in terms of, of putting off the old man, right, so that we can put on the new man. When you go to sleep at night, I hope that you take your day clothes off and put some sleep clothes on and then in the morning, you, put, you take your sleep clothes off and put your day clothes on, right? You don't put your pajamas under your, your work uniform, right? said I don't. It sounds like you guys might do that. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, uh, that's what you're supposed to do? <laughs> so I just thought this was a beautiful picture of how uh, <clears throat> the believer, or, or the lost person in this moment, is getting an opportunity to see Jesus Christ and see that their old way of living has brought them to this point in their life. And they're moving towards Jesus and casting that old life away. And saying, that old way of living has done me no good. That old way of living has brought me to sin and death and and everything that's in front of me is is bad because of the, the choices that I've made. And... I don't know about you guys, but I have definitely been in that position where I was, I was confronted with the gospel. I was confronted with Jesus, where Jesus was passing me by in a season of my life. And so, and someone's like, hey, you need Jesus. All those issues you have in your life, you need Jesus. And he's right there. And he might, you don't miss him. He's going. And I very, in my flesh, I did not want to do that. I had put myself in a position where I wanted to just be depressed. I wanted to just withdraw from every single person that I knew. and But somehow God orchestrated it to where I was only surrounded by Christians. And I was like, "These are the last people I want to be around. <laughs> uh, I was facing some, some issues in terms of some legal stuff. and And just the choices, my choices were catching up to me. And I was... I was kind of in a similar position of blind Bartimaeus, right? And um, I did have to come to that conclusion that all the choices, all of these issues have led me to this point and have continued to keep me blind. I've stayed blind, willingly stayed blind at this point. So again, now not like Bartimaeus, but now we're like, now we're talking about the crowd. Because the crowd, what did the crowd tell Bartimaeus when he starts crying out? shut up stop crying you're embarrassing us don't you know who that is I mean I the only thing I can relate it to would be like a celebrity you know that's in the worldly sense it'd be like if some celebrity came and you're trying to play it cool so that they somehow see you and think that's a cool guy (laughs) and then your friend is like and you're like dude shut up he's not gonna think we're cool but the reality is, is that he knew that Jesus was the answer. And so he was like, whatever, I'm going to keep calling out to him. And so those people were, again, they were more blind than, than Bartimaeus in that moment. And I would wager to say that there was a lot of us in that same position. And there may be some of, some of us in that similar position currently, sitting in the seats that you're sitting in right now, right? And we're saying, I'm fine. I don't necessarily have. There's n- I don't have anything wrong with me. I think, but you do. You do. I can't beat that drum hard enough. There is an issue. You have it. It's passed down through generations. We we're born in iniquity, shaped in sin. We, that's what. That's how we were. That's how we were born. We lost the image of God, and, and now we are in man's image. Man. Anyway, um, to even drive that point home, Romans 8.22 says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Mm-hmm. There's issues that people don't even know they have. And, and yet, your, your soul knows it. You know it. The conscience that God has given you to help you learn what is right from wrong tells you that there's something wrong with you. Every religion in the world knows that. Every single religion in the world knows that there's something wrong and that it is sin, but they offer no solution. They, other than, just be better. That's exactly what got you in that position in the first place. Right? And so, um, anyway, let's keep going. Oh, key point uh, number two. I didn't ever hit my key point number two. So, the message that we get to tell a hurt and lost world is the same thing Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Amen. It's as simple as that. Yeah. That's what it is. Who is God called? Everyone. All right, well, he's okay. That's something you can comfort yourself with because you know that the creator of the universe sees your sin issue and he wants to help. Yeah. So rise. He's calling you. Imagine you're like, I mean, from, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like if I was like, I know for, for Romeo, where's Romeo at? Okay. If it was like at a Kanye West like, concert and Kanye West was like, Romeo, <laughs> come on up. <laughs> spit some rhymes for me. <laughs> Romeo would lose his mind. <laughs> I don't even know if you'd be able to do it. I mean, it'd be, that'd be too tough, dude. <sighs> right? But the reality is that we've all had that moment. We've all had that in, in terms of Jesus Christ came, specifically, he came to this earth as a man, fully God, fully man. He came and he lived this perfect life that we couldn't live and he took the death that we deserved. Have you guys ever looked into the, the brut- brutality of the death of Jesus? It breaks my heart. I mean, I just got done reading this one book, um, uh, not stealing from God. Um, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And at one point in this book, they go into so, like, such graphic detail about why scientifically and medically nobody could have survived The death that Jesus died, like, and they go into this. Yeah, obviously we we know he was whipped, but I mean, you. I think we forget like, Jesus was whipped with a a whip that was had like animal bones (laughs) attached to it, and when it whipped into his back, it gripped into his flesh and ripped it out. It was bloody. It was awful, and these weren't just like Joe Schmoes that they gave these whips to. These were professional killers that they knew if we hit him one more time, he's dead. But we want him to suffer. We want him to have to put this piece of wood on his back and carry it up a mountain, carry it up this hill, and, and it's going to be so tough. But that's what we want. They took a, 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 a thread of, of thorns, vine of thorns, and crafted it into a crown, put it on his head and smashed it into his head, pushed it so it was pressing into his skin. They were spitting on him. They smacked him around. Um, And then um, they take him up. They nail him to this tree with big nails that would be long enough to fit through a human skin and deep enough into a board right to, su- to suspend him up in that way they overlay his feet and they took a nail again long enough that would have gone through both his ankles into the board and then they hoisted it up and now i mean he's suspended by his flesh and then the doctors say that the only way that he that you die from that really is asphyxiation which until I saw that, that didn't really make sense to me. I would never have thought that. But the reality is, is that when you're up in that position, your your lungs are compressed, and so in order to get a breath, you have to, you know, push yourself up. Get one more breath. But you're doing that on the weight of of your your body, on a nail. You're doing that on the weight of a nail that's through your feet. And you're trying to pull, but it's probably ripping. It's probably ripping through his skin as he's pulling up. And he only had enough strength to do it so many times. Right? And so when you think about that, that is, that is how intentional Jesus Christ came to talk to you. Just to get your attention just to pay for your sin that's what he went through and then eventually when he you know he couldn't do it anymore and so he said it is finished and he let he says that he let the ghost he, it's, that was it he gave up the ghost and that was it and they pierced him in the side just to make sure water came out water and blood and there's even scientific you know explanation behind what that would have looked like and why right and it's really interesting. I encourage you if you don't, if you have not done any kind of reading into you know that uh, just in any way, I, I really encourage you because it we like to have a clean Jesus. We like to have a clean death, burial, and resurrection. It's Easter Sunday, and we everything's like pastel colors and somehow there's like rabbits and eggs, and <laughs> that's the Jesus we think of. But the reality is, is that Jesus was. He was a monster. He came and took the most brutal death and prayed for them in the midst of it. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who, which one of us could have done that? I've had injuries in my past, and I'm a wuss. Like, when I get injured, I can't handle it, you know? Now, let alone this, going through this, and still having the mind of, about you to, to pray for the people that are doing it to you, Not just that, but he created the the thing that is doing it to him. Have you considered this? If you haven't, please consider this. Consider what Jesus did for you. Consider the brutality that he went through. The pain, the suffering, so that you didn't have to experience it. That breaks my heart. I hate to think of Someone treating Jesus that way. Um, But they did. We did it. It was our sin that did it to him. If I was the only one that had sinned, he still would have done it. And I don't think there's a day that goes by where he regrets doing it. Even though he should, because we let him down all the time. But praise God, it wasn't even about what we had to offer God, it wasn't about us living up to his expectations. It wasn't about us getting ourselves cleaned up. Because what did Bartimaeus have to offer Jesus in that moment? Nothing. He didn't have anything to offer anybody in that moment besides embarrassment. And that's us. I still, in my flesh, have nothing to offer anybody. But especially when I was in my lost state, absent Jesus Christ forgiving me of my sins, me repenting and believing on Jesus Christ. Man, I was really, I felt worthless, probably because I was worthless at that point. I didn't have anything to offer. But I meant something to the one that, it, the only one that matters. So if you're in this place and you, you feel like you're in that sim, similar spot where you feel worthless, you feel like, man, my life doesn't really matter. God said that what good is it that a man gains the whole world but loses his soul? That lets us in on this insight that God, how God sees us. Our soul is more valuable than the entire weight of this planet, which is, I don't know. I think that's incalculable. I don't know how they would figure that out. I'm sure someone has, but it's more than that. That's how profitable, that's how worthwhile you are to the creator of the universe. and He's calling you He's calling out to you. Every single person in this room has been called. So my my answer to you is be of good comfort. That should give you comfort. Rise. Cast off those garments. Cast that old life away. And say, man, this old life did me nothing good. I'm going to follow Jesus. Right? Right? Um, I recommend that book to anybody. It, it, you, it's, you, should, you should go and learn about uh, apologetics. If, you, if, if you're looking for another class to sign up for, if you haven't already, this next you know, quarter of the semester, apologetics is coming up. Man, if you, I don't know if how it's worked. If you already, did you already miss it? Can you still sign up? If you, if you are looking for a class to sign up for, Tony Godfrey... Tony G. is teaching this class of apologetics and and learning about those reasons why we can have uh, physical and tangible uh, proofs of Jesus Christ and the death, burial, and resurrection that he did. Uh, I I encourage you to be a part of that class. Uh, But you need to consider that. Consider what Jesus did for you. Don't waste it. What a shame that he did all that and we scoff at it. You say well, I didn't ask him to do it. I've heard that. When sharing the gospel with someone, I've heard that response. Well, I didn't ask him to do that. Which in that sentence you're admitting you know he did it. And you know that there's a problem. But you're like, "Well, I like the way I'm living, and I didn't ask him to do that for me." Too bad. He did it. Can't take it back okay now getting into this uh, this uh, later section okay so it says what will thou have me uh, that I should do unto thee says the blind man said unto him Lord that I might receive my sight and Jesus said unto him go thy way thy faith had made thee whole and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way I'm going to take a sip that's even cold how's that cold um, do you think Jesus didn't know what this guy wanted he probably knew He could probably make an educated guess on what this guy wanted. (laughs) This guy's like groveling over to him and he's like, help me, son of David. And he's like, what do you want? (laughs) If I could probably see it, I know Jesus could see it, that this guy's blind and he's helpless and he probably wants to be healed of his blindness. Right? So, yeah, the next slide, I mean, he's just... Yeah, so Jesus asks him, what he wants from them. And it's not because Jesus is oblivious, but it's because Jesus cares. And Jesus wants to communicate with us. And so he, he's gentle and he's, he's not assuming. He's, he is all-knowing, but he still wants to have that relationship like a father would have with their child, right? A father wants to know what's going on in their child's life, My daughter's just about two. And I still, I ask her, what'd you do today? And she says, obey. (laughs) And it's so sweet. I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm sure you didn't, but (laughs) but it's still sweet. I want to know it. I want to know what she did. I want to see pictures. when My mom watches her, when Havala watches her. I love getting pictures and stuff of what they're doing. Because I just want to know. I want to know about my child. I know what her limits are. I know she's like... I'm not going to find out like she did something crazy and you know but like anything. I just love to know it. And Jesus is the same way. He loves us so much. He cares about us and he wants to know. He's in pursuit of us. From the beginning of time, God has been in pursuit of us. From the beginning, from the second there was sin entered into the hearts of man, God has continuously just been just clawing his way after us. He's, and he's, he's good at it. He's good at getting people's attention. And he'll get to you. Right? And he says, actually, in Romans 1, he says that nobody will be without excuse. That means that Jesus is going to reach every single person on this planet. That's how, that's how, like, after it he is. I can't even say I'm probably going to talk to every person in Grandview before I die. I probably won't. But Jesus has that ability. He's going to reach everybody. And that's he, he's so loving. He wants to know. He wants to be in your business. So he asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do to you? What is it? And what does Bartimaeus ask for? Sight. His sight. Like I said, smart. Yeah, that's a smart request. You'd be a fool to miss that opportunity. Right? So physically, he is blind. And physically, he needs healing. Um... And so I'm sure that's what's on his mind. But Jesus, again, he doesn't just go after the physical. He he tells this man, he said, All right, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Hath made thee whole, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Right, so Jesus knows what he wanted. He asks him. Similar to, uh, I have an example out in, uh, in Genesis 3, 9. This is very similar situation. And I like to use this in my gospel presentation to see how God is you know, loving and pursuing us. It says, and the Lord, in verses 9 through 11, it says, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Did God not know where Adam was? God knew where Adam was he wanted him to come he wanted him to reveal himself to him you know come to me let's talk and he said I heard uh, thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself and he said who told thee that thou wast naked hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat similar we see we see this, this picture of of sin and shame nakedness right so this guy is laying, that's another picture that Bartimaeus is laying all his shame out there. He's laying it, he's pat, he threw his garment off, he's laying his shame out for Jesus Christ. And this is it, right? So the same way that Adam and Eve had rebelled against God, they went their own way, they were in sin, they were in a helpless position where they were trying to cover their sin with fig leaves, right? it's such a poor attempt of covering their sin that God, he even comes and he's, he's looking for them And he's calling them to him, in this moment even. He says, I don't even care that you did this. I just want, come here to me. Let's talk. Before anything goes further, let's talk. And so he gets them, and he he continues to to pry. And it's revealed through Adam's response that it's because they sinned that they were hiding from God. Are you hiding from God because of your sin? Because I'll let you in on a secret. He already knows. He already sees everything. So what do you have to hide? Lay it at his feet. Repent. Believe. There's nothing else. He knows. Yeah, he knows. And at the judgment seat of Christ, it will all, we'll all be exposed. <laughs> everything that you think is hidden, everything that, you know, God knows. And he still loves you. He still doesn't regret dying for you. Amen? Amen. <sighs> Um, man, yeah, uh, I love that that picture. And then even further on, I didn't put it the, the reference in there further, but you know, so you see that they have made this very weak attempt of covering their sin. But further on, God takes the initiative to say, I'm going to cover your sin. And he takes something that's innocent, and he kills it. And he uses that animal skin to clothe Adam and Eve Right? Much better covering than the fig leaves that they thought was going to cover their sin. Yeah. And the, all of the works that you've done in your life, all of the ways that you think, like, man, that was a bad move, but if I just do this this many times and, and uh, say sorry so many times, maybe God will forgive me. It's just not a good covering. That, you can see that in parallel with the fig leaves. That's what it looks like when you're trying to cover your sin with good works with doing more cussing less whatever that is you know whatever it is that's what it looks like to God is like that's foolish this is foolish that you thought that this would cover your sin but like a baby you know he picks us up you know gets us dressed Genevieve can't get herself dressed yet we gotta get her dressed because she's a fool at this age and uh, and we go about our day, and that's exactly what God did. He loved them, saw them in their sin, called them to Him. They acknowledged that how they've behaved in the flesh brought them to this point of desperate need for a Savior. That that their decisions had brought them to a point of now death being imminent, right? And He saw all that, and still in the in the midst of that, said, "I love you so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna clothe you." With a sacrifice that will never be, need to be redone. It's everlasting, and I'm gonna do it, you know. So he lays out this example in the old, whole Old Testament. You see this, the sacrifices covering sins and you know, all that. And, and he's saying, like, one day there's gonna be a perfect sacrifice. Yes. Because this stuff, honestly, isn't good enough. This isn't gonna sustain you. And you see that even just in the reality that they had to do it all the time, yeah. they had to do it every, all the time. And then it's like, if you didn't have a goat, you had to get two birds. And if you didn't have birds, you had to get something else. And there was like, it was a hassle to deal with your sin at that point. It was tough. And gross. Like killing a goat. But Jesus Christ said, I'm going to become that perfect sacrifice. And it's going to cover all the sins, past, present, and future. Your sin, your iniquities are going to be as far as the east is from the west. Yes. Yeah. Because I love you and because I don't want to see you destroyed in your sin. Because outside of Jesus Christ paying for your sin debt, Sam was saying this, outside of Christ paying for your sin debt, that's, it's on you. It's going, to get, it's going to get paid one way or another. And it's either going to be by Jesus paying for your sin debt or you paying an eternal separation and death and hell, paying for your sin. That's just reality, right? Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, so what about the way? This, this guy gets up and he says that he walked in, in a way. And it's in, in this uh, passage, the way actually uh, means properly. Like when you look at this definition of the word way, it means properly, right? And um, when you spend a long time walking improperly, you got to learn how to walk properly. Um, That's just what it is. And Jesus gets him up onto his feet and and sends him on his way so that now he can walk properly. Now, physically, again, he was blind for, I'm assuming, his whole life. And he couldn't have walked many places without assistance, at least. Right? And so now, very physically, and like the reality of this is that he was able to walk now. Uninhibited by his ailment. That ailment directly affected his walk. And directly affected how he, his trajectory of where he's going. There was no area around it. And the same is true for us. The way, and and Mark Trotter used to say this all the time where where you're heading is where you'll get, where you'll be going. Like where your feet are pointed, which way you're walking is where you'll end up. And if you're blind, how do you know where you're going? Outside of someone being like, stop, or like you have a, a walking stick, or there's lots of different. Actually, I saw this video of a kid who used echolocation. I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> you're a bat, <laughs> real daredevil, dude. And uh, it was crazy. I mean, the kid was like rollerblading and shooting hoops and stuff. I was like, I don't know how you're doing this, but, uh, but it still wasn't very good. <laughs> it's incredible. I'm not gonna take it away from the guy, but uh, I, I'm just saying he couldn't take me in one-on-one. <laughs> cross him up quick. <laughs> but, so he receives his sight, and you see that there's a few things that go on here, right? He receives his sight, and it says that it was immediate, it was immediately that he, was, he had received his sight. All right, that's the work of Jesus Christ's salvation. It's in a moment that you have put your faith on Jesus Christ and you have now said Jesus I understand that you have offered me a free gift of salvation and extended that to me right and I'm going to believe on that gift and, it, and believe that that gift is going to be able to pay for all my sins and that because of that I'm now adopted into your family I'm now a child of God The old man has passed away. All things have become new. And I am now your child. I'm going to believe on that. It's in a moment. Just as you guys came in and it was a moment that you sat down in that chair. You believed on that chair. At one point. At one point it was just theory. Right? Theoretically that chair looks structurally sound. Looks like a good chair. Looks like it's made out of good solid material. And I can believe that that chair would hold the weight of an average human. Maybe not like Shaq or somebody, like an average human, right? But do you really believe that on that chair until you sit in it? No. Theoretically, it's a good chair. But once you sat in that chair, you believed it was going to hold you up. And you know what? It's crazy. None of you had any doubt about that. Not a single one of you doubted whether or not this chair was going to hold you up. Am I wrong? Did anyone was like check in their chair before they sat down? (laughs) I really got to prove this thing out. No, y'all just like plopped yourself down and like here I am. Teach me. Uh, And uh, that same confidence can be put on Jesus. You don't have to have doubt. You don't have to have fear. That Jesus Christ's saving grace wasn't enough for you. You're no worse than me, you're no worse than anyone else. We're all lost and and hopeless without Jesus. And his his sacrifice was enough to pay for all of your sin. And so, um, I mean, honestly, I we usually like to leave room at the end to present a gospel message, but like I said at the top. This is, this whole message is a gospel presentation, right? And I made that clear because I didn't want to seem like I'm like tricking you into what you're hearing. This is, this is what it is. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He became a perfect living sacrifice and he offered himself up freely so that he could taste death for every man. Um, So when Peter walks on the water and he's, he's, walking out there. And we all know this story, right? Jesus or Peter's walking on the water with Jesus. And uh, it's his circumstances, right, that cause him to start sinking. He's looking around and he's seeing, he's getting afraid, right? But what does he do in order to receive salvation from this circumstance? He cries out, just like Bartimaeus, cries out, And he reaches for the hand of Jesus. He says, God, Jesus, save me. And Jesus isn't like, you got to clean up first, (laughs) buddy. This is, you're gross. He immediately, again, we see that word immediately, right? He immediately reaches down and he pulls him back up. Isn't that cool? And for some reason, a lot of us get that mixed up eventually even after we've already received the salvation, we somehow start to think that Jesus is going to start thinking differently of us and that He's all of a sudden going to start saying, no, you got to... I can't. You're gross. Now, He loved you in your worst. Romans 5.8 While you were yet sinners, Jesus died for you. He commended His love toward us while we were yet sinners. He didn't wait for us. So, what are we waiting on from him? He's already done that. What are we waiting on? There's a decision that that I would say all of us at some point have had to make or need to make. And that reality is, is that decision is do I want to pay for my sin or do I want Jesus to pay for my sin? Because sin is a problem. You're not going to get away from it. That's the answer. That's the question. Who do I want to pay for my sin? And if, if you don't know, if even through all this, I hope that this was clear, but even through all of this, if you still have questions about what salvation looks like, I'm begging you. This is the most important thing you could ever ask, the most important thing you could ever wrestle with, more important than, than any decision you'll make in your life. Um, please, ask whoever brought you. Come up here. We'll have people... Um, ready to receive you and to work through those questions. David, if you guys want to come on up. And uh, we're going to close in some worship. But again, I I can't uh, encourage you enough that nobody here is going to judge you and say, wow, that person must be really sinful if they have something to come up here and deal with. Or that person must be really lost. There's no levels of lostness. If if you don't know Jesus Christ, you are still lost in your sin. And so I encourage you to come on up. There'll be people up here to receive you guys. And um, yeah, Um, I'm going to pray and we'll be in worship. Uh, Lord, I love you. And again, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for this uh, testimony of uh, Bartimaeus. Father, I pray that uh, this continues to bless people for generations. As long as it takes for you to come back for your people. Lord, I, I pray that we would be continuously learning from your word, continuously growing and applying this passage to our life and seeing how we can choose you uh, every day. And we can, and if you haven't made that decision, God, help us to, to do that. And um, Father, I pray that you'd be glorified. I pray that decisions would be made uh, and that people would know that you love them so much. Um, God, I love you and I'm thankful for you. And um, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times, and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.